you agreed to me not to me not being at uh, the Wednesday of Tech Week, right? Oh no. Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast where we acknowledge our faults, acknowledge our biases, and then do nothing about it. I'm your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared! You're upset. I'm trying to remember the phrase, it's like, apology without action is just excuses, or something like that. This season sucks. We're the Survivor bumming around this, this podcast. Jesus. It's, uh... Oh, yeah. This should have been the death of the series. <laughs> like, if this was being made live right now, well, I mean, this probably would have handled very differently. Yeah. But the show wouldn't continue. <laughs> or at least there should have been statements made to make it somehow make this come around. Yeah. and Which uh, really does show you, for as much doom and gloom as there is, and... This was 20 years ago. Yeah. And this was seen as something, like, acceptable and good to put on TV 20 years ago. And, like, people taking a both-sides approach. And 20 years, in the scope of things, is not that much time. It's true. It really is. And... <laughs> we, I, give us credit for how far we've come in yeah. 20 years. There's still so much more to do. Oh, yes. But you also should take the wins and the fact that this is so gross 20 years later to the vast majority of people like you'll still find people that would probably not find this gross defend everyone and defend clay (laughs) (laughs) um but there's less of that yeah and i don't want to understate that either but we're already into the episode (laughs) (laughs) yeah we'll talk about that how's your life Uh, good huh no i mean things are good I I lost the medical appeal to not work from the office. Oh, no. Um, they gave some different things that technically fill that need um, and got around it. So I'm just going to... If you work... If I work with you and you somehow listen to this podcast, please turn it off now. Hey, don't, don't listen. Everything I say from here on out is parody and, can, and <laughs> is not real. Yeah. I'm just not going to listen. I'm just going to still do what I'm doing and fire me. All right. Fire me if you got it. So be it. So be it. <laughs> I love your your approach on life. Like, um, f- fuck me. People forget the power that they have. Yeah. Like, I, I know how much of an inconvenience it would be to replace me. Sure. I know... I know what the company is looking for. And, like, I know... Like, as far as, like, getting rid of people that are succeeding on your team is something in a time when like the economy is bad it's not a good look and people forget that uh workers have power obviously more through solidarity i watched the game changer episode that ended with them unionizing and (laughs) i i didn't uh i physically put my fist in the air but individually you have a lot of power too sure makes sense what about you steven I, my life went from zero to 60 real quick. Uh-huh. I started a show mm-hmm. with you. You're my director. Mm-hmm. That's fun. A uh, little bit of, it's not nepotism. What would you call that? Um. 
Friendship. Networking? Yeah, it's yeah. networking. I mean, you had a void you were struggling to fill, and I stepped in. Makes sense. Oh, my. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then, not even before we get to rehearsal one, like, the day before, I get a call saying, hey, this audition that I had back in November, hey, our understudy dropped. Would you be willing to understudy for this show? I'm like, well, I'm already doing this show. That's not possible. I'm like, no, no, we're willing to work with your schedule. I'm like, uh, okay. Jared? Jared, is this possible? The wild thing is that you and Michaela both thought that I was going to be mad at you when, like, it's... No, it's, I knew you weren't going to be mad at me. Michaela was thinking okay. you were going to be mad at me. Like, I... For someone that is so much... Like, literally, just a few sentences ago, very much, like, pro, like, worker, like, <laughs> Like, to think that I would be like, how dare you take a better opportunity at the same time. No. Like, no, and I genuinely thought, like, Jared will give advice. If he's like, I, I can't do this without you, then I would be like, yeah, that's fine. I committed to this first. No, uh, it is, I'm of the opinion, if you are in a leadership position, it is your job to make it work. Sure. Like, sure, like, you don't want to, like, sh people below you can be bad actors. Mm -hmm. You need people to, like, if they just, like, don't show up for their job, like, yeah, that sucks. But also, like, your entire job is figuring it out. So figure it out yeah. or get better at your job or get a different job. <laughs> That's why I consider like PTO, like, no, 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 this isn't, I'm not asking you. I'm telling you I'm not going to be here so that you have time to move resources around. That's fair. That's your entire job. Yeah. So this next month of mine is going to be hell. Yeah. We're going to figure this out. Yeah. <laughs> not just from a time basis, like just me getting places is going to be a disaster, but we're going to make it work and then things are going to lighten up. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and hopefully you find both projects artistically fulfilling yeah i i'm genuinely excited about both projects i think they're both really cool pieces and will stretch me in new ways which i think is fun oh my no <laughs> uh, speaking of things that stretch me in new ways emails if you want to email us please do at survivor at gmail.com or you can send us messages on twitter at SurvivorTBT or Reddit, u slash SurvivorTBT. So, going through our emails, we have a few emails, not, not as many as before. We have our Carl emails. Carl from Thailand, episode two. Yeah, the John thing was a Facebook post from a while back. Uh, guess you can't be surprised you didn't find it, but it was pretty deranged. Gonna reiterate the idea one listener had about ranking... Uh, tribal council sets, intro themes, immunity titles, general art styles. I think it'd be a fun segment. General art styles. General art styles. Let's do it. I feel like golf clubs are such a good luxury item because A, it passes the time, and B, it allows you to bond with your tribe's mate. I agree. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good pick. It's, it's a good pick. Unfortunate who it is. From a bad man. <laughs> Love Helen's implication that if she had a gun... <laughs> <laughs> the slightest inconvenience, she may blow her fucking brains out. I love it. It's unhinged. Commit murder-suicide. You know, sometimes you just gotta be done. Sometimes that's all she wrote. <laughs> and then love Jan doing jazzercise or whatever in the water when <laughs> Helen finds her. <laughs> that's a beautiful moment. It's so good. It, that is my favorite moment of the season. Also, Clay's quote that Helen's like an encyclopedia. Ain't nothing fun in there. You only open it when you need information. Dead. Mm. Beautiful. Apparently, Tanya was so sick that they voted her out in order to get her to a hospital. Don't know if she ended up needing that or not, although I imagine if it was serious, they probably would have met a vector. 
I would hope. Right? Maybe? I I would hope. I have very... I was starting to get more faith in production up until this season, and now I've lost a lot of it. Yeah. I don't think they'd let somebody die, though. No. It's it's certainly not the, the modern survivor where they're like, you might be physically in danger. We're pulling you. Yeah, I, I still trust the medical staff even in 2002, even if they'd let it go a little longer than they probably should. <laughs> not so fun fact. Tanya's final words taking the not, uh, the not taking things for granted is pretty heartbreaking in retrospect because a couple days after she got voted out, her dad died in a car crash. Oh, Jesus. That's horrible. Yeah. Mm. Wow. The, the foresight... Of just, like, speaking those words and then things like that happening. I hope... I mean, we're obviously long past, but I hope, like, she was able to find solace in people around her. It's probably a good thing she was off the show at that point, to be honest. Yeah. Like, that gives her more opportunity to process and, and, you know, she had to get in the middle of a game while being sick, getting that bomb dropped on her. Yeah. Would malaria have just been better... (laughs) <laughs> like, would getting malaria just have been better than being allergic to the medication? Is malaria treatable? I think so. Is it? I, I don't know much about malaria. I mean, I mean we don't live in a tropical climate. So we don't have yeah. to. We just have West Nile. Hardly. Is there not West Nile around here? That I was mean, like a big scare in Minnesota growing Yeah, up. I mean, it was a big scare in Michigan, too, in like, you know, the 90s or early 2000s. But, like, I put it on the same risk factors like quicksand now. Sure. Like, something I was told as a kid would be a big problem, and it's never popped up once. It's not been a big problem. I mean, it is problems for people who got West Nile and have West Nile. I mean... It's like Lyme's disease. L- L- I'm sorry, say it one more time. Lyme's disease? Is it Lyme or Lyme? It's just Lyme disease. Oh, okay. I was... Singular Lyme. One, one Lyme. Lyme. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you only have one Lyme, then maybe if you had more Limes, you can <laughs> fix it. All right, well, I'm an idiot. Episode three. Yeah, this isn't an easy one. I agree with most of the stuff you said and the Grindgate stuff. Good name, Grindgate. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but correct. I think Brian is almost, if not as bad as Ted here. Yeah. Where they're in the water talking about what happened. Ted initially says he made a mistake and that it's not, that it was a long story. Brian said, so nothing happened. Yeah, no, Brian is 1,000%. I mean... I don't want to say he's worse than the person who who committed the act, but he's an enabler. He's and that is and someone that gives the abuser credibility. Yeah, like, and helps cover up for him. Like, yeah, it's disgusting. Not even an enabler. He's like the one that puts into Ted's head that like, no, you did nothing wrong. Yeah. No, you need to stand stand your ground for a horrible choice of words that I just made. <sighs> ah, it hurts. We're talking about that more this episode. I think he thinks that it wasn't a big I, big deal anymore because he apologized to Gandia and it's all over now. Of course, he's wrong and should not be so cavalier about it, but I don't think he's trying to be misleading in that instance. I don't know that if I understand that. But I think he's I think he's talking about Ted. Um, that he's I I watching this episode. It's this new this next episode episode yep. four. It feels like Ted knows what he did is very wrong. Mm-hmm. But he is keeping it so repressed. Yeah. Like, he is not only gaslighting uh, Gandia, he is gaslighting himself. Yeah. And we see that, like, he won't, he doesn't even write down her full name when he votes for her. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, yeah. We'll talk more about it. He is, he's nervous about the implications of what he did. Yeah. And he should be. He yes. fucked up. The lady doth protest too much. In this case, the 
very large ex-football player doth protest too much. Yeah, yeah. and like it, he he goes on and it kind of breaks this down. I I think a lot of which is what we said, but uh, if you remember the the point that Gandhi gets really set off is when Helen says Ted said nothing happened, and I I agree. Like that's I that would piss me off too. Yeah. If you're like, okay, we had this moment and like, it, it was horrifying at the time. We kind of worked it out. Like, I still have very hard feelings about it, but at least we're kind of like, hey, we're meeting in the middle that that was a horrible thing. And then to come back and say, no, no, nothing happened is a slap in the face. Yeah. Just shit. Yeah. And then doesn't, yeah, a lot, just a lot there. Exhales. Some things I thought that were funny in the episode. Jed's flying throw tackle from three feet outside the attack zone after three of his tribe's mate had already been disqualified <laughs> yes. to choice. Rob being pissed during the challenge that Sheehan couldn't defeat Brian in a physical battle. <laughs> yeah, the fuck Sheehan. You're 90 pounds soaking wet. How dare you not beat Brian? <laughs> Rob moving his foot to the attack zone and pointing it at... Uh, I'm assuming whoever he was up against at the time when Jeff says he wasn't in the attack zone. And finally, Rob, we lost a bunch of rules. We lost to a bunch of rules. We didn't come to play no school. Yeah. Just all a bunch of bullshit. Ted saying he's 100 to 200% happy with his wife has to be the, I know this scene is horrible, but why the hell does he have a range for how happy he is with his wife? Because he's trying to overcompensate. He is trying to overcompensate. It's exactly correct. Yeah, difficult episode, I know, but for how awful it is, there's quite there's some funny moments. Yeah, which it's is, true. We might. That's why we broke it in half. Yeah, we exactly, found exactly, exactly. And the only part that was funny during the what I'll call the uh, sexual assault trial uh, that they kind of the big blow up conversation is just the red berets just like digging a well. Yeah, like. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then shameless plug, which was like, hey, if it's okay, here's the shameless plug. But like, plug yourself. I want to plug you. Uh, oh my. Carl <laughs> nice. Carl has a YouTube channel where Carl plays piano covers that, cool. uh, I shouldn't say covers, piano songs, because they're original songs and they're very good. I check them out. So if you want to go check that out, I want you to go look at it. The channel is called... Oh, it's just Carl. <laughs> Carl Renander. R-O-N-N-A-N-D-E-R. Go look that up on YouTube. Yeah, lots Neat. of good stuff there. Cool. And then Josh email. Just like to say there's a lot of fucked up stuff in early 2000s reality TV. And Survivor is not, not the exception to that rule. And you're right. We know. But we're still going to call that out. Because yeah, we have to. Just put a trigger warning on Survivor Thailand as a season. So... That's probably a good idea. It's a good idea. Uh, we're still going to say things as they come up, like, hey, this shit happened, this shit is going to happen. We'll, we'll warn at the beginning of every episode. But yeah, it does not excuse the season for being shitty. No. The whole genre is very unregulated, and I'd honestly say it's a minor miracle that so few people get seriously hurt or even potentially killed. Uh, someone from Big Brother is an example of just how far they were willing to let anyone go on these shows. It's a tough balance between showing what happened and not ruining their lives. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. 
If you ever watch Big Brother with the 24-hour live feeds, you see how just how much content people would consider problematic just gets cut because it's not relevant to the game. The issue is how much blame can be put on a person in a high-stress environment when recorded 24-7. In this case, the situ situation is very clear, but in others, it's a little murkier. I agree. Like, you're, you're casting people for the drama. Yeah. Like, you put people who will blow up and will crack under pressure, essentially, in these situations. But it does not excuse the production needs to step in at points. Yeah. When that's... Survivor specifically, I mean, these are people that... This is, I'm talking about previous seasons to Thailand. Mm -hmm. um, these are people who are literally starving. They, like, I, I, don't, I don't make good emotional decisions when I'm hungry. Yeah. And I don't go a day with only eating, like, half a meal. Yeah. <laughs> or no meals. Or, like, a spoonful of rice. So, like, I can only imagine what kind of petty blow up I might have at somebody if I'm on day three of watery gruel and bugs are eating at me and I've been around them for 72 hours and I'm and I'm mad at them yeah that being said there's and you say I'm not this is chastising you you have it right in the email there's a hard line you can't cross correct violence sexual or otherwise you know as things like that um but yeah, no, I, I I can appreciate those circumstances. And I think I've said it in some previous episodes where people are not showing them best their best selves. I'm like, well, they're also not at their best. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, it's it's not regulated, especially at this point. Like they it's still a, a fresh art form. They don't know what they're doing really. But there's no excuse. Not for that. No excuse. Uh, we will continue to criticize these people as characters. Like, yes. we get it. We know that th this may not represent who they are in real life. We may <laughs> we may attack their character and their, their personal character, like, which may string into them outside of the game, and it may not. Sure, there's, there's examples, like, in this episode, which we'll go into, but Brian being like, women need to know their place, and he is very straightforward about that. If that's a joke, it does not come across as uh -huh. a joke. And that says something to his character outside of the game. Yes. Like, that's not a an attitude and a mentality you develop over the course of seven days or Correct. whatever it's been. And then there's times where, like you said, they are char they are characters on a show we're only seeing very limited amounts of them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, yeah. yeah, it does bleed together. Cool. We're done with the emails. Yes. <laughs> we're going to step out of that hard to talk about episode and step into this slightly more palatable but still hard to talk about episode. Let's bump her. Alright, so this episode came out on October 10th of 2002, not 2022 like I almost said. <laughs> really nothing recognizable to us happened in the world. There was a couple of like small skirmish like related in the Middle East like Yemen things some Nobel Prizes that were given out of people that I don't think any of us will know. So the only one I wanted to highlight um, is a Nobel Prize for Hungarian writer and Holocaust survivor Imre Kurtzes. I, I nailed sure. that name. For literature. I don't know. But Holocaust survivor and literally the only... <laughs> the only thing of importance I could pull from this week between episodes. Hey. Which has almost never happened. Not every week is going to be a winner. It's true. All this was a very active time in the world. <laughs> the number one song was still the Kelly Clarkson song. Nice. 
Our top five movies are, starting at five, Barbershop, The Tuxedo, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, Sweet Home Alabama, and then Red Dragon takes number one. I don't know that one. I had never heard of it, so I went ahead and looked it up. It sounds martial arts film, but I w it would blow my mind if there were two martial arts films in the top five at any one given point. Yeah, it's very much not a martial arts film, but cool. it is rated pretty well. It's a right. 69, nice, percent nice. Rotten Tomatoes for critics and 74 for audience. Ex-FBI agent Will Graham, played by Edward Norton, is an expert investigator who quit the Bureau after almost losing his life in the process of capturing the elusive Dr. Lecker, Lecter, Anthony Hopkins. After a series of particular grisly murders, Graham soon realizes that the best way to catch his killer, known as the Tooth Fairy, hate that, Stop. is to find a way to get inside the killer's mind. For Graham, that means confronting his past and facing his former nemesis, the now-incarcerated Lecter. <laughs> so what you're saying is we need a sequel crossover with Dwayne The Rock Johnson's Tooth Fairy. Correct. I watched <laughs> that. It says the prequel is Hannibal Rising, which I don't know if that's true. I guess it was made in 2007. Did this predate... Is this where Hannibal comes from? It can't be. I mean, I f uh... Yeah, I mean, I guess he's playing Hannibal Lecter. I feel like there's been a lot of Hannibal stories. I don't know if they're all interconnected as the same, like, storytelling media. Every Hannibal is the same person, Steven. Okay. Well, I... I mean, like, from a storytelling sequence. Oh, I was just leaning into the bit. I don't know anything Oh, okay. About it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes, Hannibal Lecter is the same person. So, Red Dragon seems cool. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and that's the year, that's October 10th, 2002. Cool. Let's get into the episode then. Episode four, Gender Bender. Why that name? I get, I, I get it in that it's like a skirmish between the two genders, but that doesn't <sighs> feel like that ties in with that title. No. It could have been Battle of the Sexes or like any of the... Yeah, I don't really know what... I. What Bender has to do with it, except maybe Helen's vote? Yeah, because, like, you throw the, like, gender... It, gender Bender is, like, a, a, a TV trope that they yeah. use all the time. Where they're like, okay, now every character is the opposite gender. Right, yeah. Sure, but that doesn't apply here, so whatever. Yeah, it's weird. All right. Not a good title. Not a good title. <laughs> Even the recap for this episode is a fucking problem. <laughs> it's hard to get through... Like, the exact words that were said were, Ted and Gandhi get too close. Yeah. Yeah. It's not Gandhi's fault! No, but they're, the way that Survivor's framing it, it does make it seem like it's a 50-50 a kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, they're making it like, oh, well, they both made mistakes. It's like, her mistake was trusting him and getting assaulted. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the recap felt like it was taking Ted's side. And I was like, fucking disgusted. By not taking a side, they took Ted's side. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. So, just before we get into the, too deep into the actual, like, specifics of the episode, this season has so many unlikable people for me now. Go on, tell me more. I mean, it's pretty, weirdly enough, it's pretty much a gendered split. Like, well, I, I love Jan. Mm -hmm. I still like Helen. She's going to be interesting to talk about this episode. The women of uh, Sook Jai that aren't Xi'an, we haven't really gotten much from. I mean, I love Xi'an. Mm -hmm. If Xi'an wins, I'll be very happy. Okay. And Stephanie, I guess we've seen a little, we've seen a lot of Stephanie. We have, but for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> and then that's pretty much the end of the list. Like I, I will say, I am more, I am interested in Jake. I don't hate him as much as I thought I was going to, but he's been pretty much in the background. And I like Ken, despite myself. He's the cop. Yeah, he's pretty funny. 
I I knew you would have this struggle because Ken is pretty likable. He is. Yeah. Survivor Turning Big Time podcast takes a strong stance on policing in the United States. Yes. As we should. But he is he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Yeah. yeah. And and also I can appreciate like in this episode he he puts like he writes like 9-11-2001 on his arm mm-hmm. uh, during the the immunity challenge. That makes total sense. It's been like a year. It's been a year since probably the most traumatic day of your entire life. And yeah. one that is, like for all the bad stuff that happened after 9-11, like the Patriot Act and the Iraq War and stuff like that, like 9-11 was a truly bad event. Like that's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a pretty black and white, like, oh yeah, we were attacked by terrorists <laughs> event. That's easy to rally behind, especially like a year later and still feel a lot of pride in trying to like rally against. Wow, Jared taking a strong stance. 9-11 bad. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a an interesting season to talk about with every Everything season before, there have at least been a majority of likable people. Yeah. Whereas this season, it does seem like that's not the case. This is the worst cast by far. And I think even the... Even the show thinks that. Mm-hmm. Think about how little of Sook Jai we see this episode. Or, like, that we've seen of Sook Jai so this far. far. Yeah. Like, except for Rob and Sheehan, and then, like, drama around Jed and Stephanie. Mm-hmm. We've seen nothing. Not a thing. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard. It's, it's really hard to talk about this season and be like, yeah, I don't know, fine. Find the bright spots in all of the darkness. If the I was so excited for the vibe tribe. <laughs> I was so excited. I do I do remember a, an email that I, I skipped over that like Jared's so happy about the uh, the happy go lucky tribe that's all bonded. That's gonna change real quick. Yup. Oops. Okay. Now into the actual <laughs> specifics of this episode. Yeah. Right in the season. Into the episode. We start off the episode. <laughs> at Sukjai coming back from the vote and Rob Rob's quote uh, are you guys happy about that? you happy about how that went? beautiful mm. yeah they are yeah they are they're pretty uh, clearly the majority is happy about that because Jed sucked <laughs> interesting point from Penny Penny went with the majority because he tried too hard to be the leader I'm so interested in that mm-hmm. like what he did? It doesn't I, seem like he was trying to be the leader. It doesn't really at all. What? Unless she takes leadership in that to mean, like, somebody who sits back and tells others what to do. Yeah. Which is a poor leader. Uh, yeah, that's being bossy. Yeah. And Stephanie, piss on him. Piss on them all. This, th- this whole tribe has nothing in common. Yeah. As far as we can tell, none of them get along at all. We have two disaster tribes. Yeah! And you know how this could have been fixed? By not letting them pick their own tribes. Yeah. Yeah. How? <laughs> if, if casting huh, takes, yeah. takes the job of balancing dynamics in adding a couple people that may, not, may or may not get along, but still, as a whole, works either well or has different strengths, if they're all the same person, it does not make for a good tribe. Yeah. I'm so interested to see what this looks like post-merge. <laughs> I'm so interested. We're not there yet, Jared. Anyway, Stephanie says, don't get rid of the people who are helping you. Was he helping them? No! No, he was not. He was muscle, and that's it. And you have, you have that in spades. Yeah. 
Yeah, your query not worried about being outmuscled by the other tribe. No, <laughs> they are by far a weaker tribe physically. Mm-hmm. So if you need to cut the cut someone who drives you nuts or is a problem child, get rid of them. They can get rid of Rob and be fine. Yeah. <laughs> so Stephanie, we we flash forward to the next day. Stephanie is collecting squid from the beach. And just kind of like throws it in the pot. Passive aggressive squid collecting. And no one else is helping her, which is weird. They do have this weird dynamic of like, they're all doing the same thing at the same time. That is true. And it, it does. It, it boggles my mind. Like Stephanie's right in that they need to, can I get other people to help? Can I get people doing other things instead of everybody sitting at the fire for Hmm. maybe if there was a, an incident, you know, six days or so ago, where uh, someone had yelled it and made a big blow up about uh, us all not doing the same thing, i.e., Rob yelling about, like, we all need to be working on the shelter, I will rip you apart with my bare hands. Maybe they would not be doing the same thing. Yeah, the, uh, the, so- the social construct is already set. So. This tribe's a fucking disaster. Yeah, this show's a fucking disaster. This show, this season's a fucking disaster. <laughs> Ugh. So we go from that, and we go over to Chewygon. I'm going to get that right. It, 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 it blows my mind that that is how that is said. Anyway, Chewygon. The mood's different, says Jan. Yeah. Everything is still there. It's all in the back of our minds, but we're not talking about it. I love Jan. <laughs> I love Jan. Jan's pretty great. Jan's very wholesome. Yeah. Gandhi is like, Ted's being stupid, he's ignoring me, he's not even looking at me, and that's making other people follow suit. Yeah. And it's weirdly hurtful coming from your assaulter mm-hmm. that they're bringing other people into your bullshit and they believe this. And we see a what I'll call a societal evolutionary response from the women of the tribe and the men of the tribe. Mm-hmm. The men... Basically ostracize Gandia. Mm-hmm. They do not... They, they stick with Ted. They're rah-rah. And like we see by the fire, the five of them are hanging out and then Gandhi is like facing the other direction. And publicly, the women also... They don't ostracize Gandia, but they don't ostracize Ted either. Yeah. They want to try to keep peace. And that feels like a societal evolutionary response to, okay, well, nobody has our backs, so we have to kind of lay low and we will stick together, but quietly, rather than the men who get to stick together loudly. It is such a social dynamic that you're like, yeah, I've seen that in real life. I know how that, I see exactly how that's working, and you're watching this happen on TV. Like, yeah, okay, Mm. I get it. I don't like it, but I get it. Oh, yeah, and and then immediately, well, there goes the Clay love from last episode of, like, I don't know, Clay could be a wild card. Nope! No. Nope! I didn't like Gandia when I first saw her. She is a problem woman. I... Black. Yes, 100%. That feels so coded of, like, problem woman. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I get it. He has passed on. We're kicking at the grave here, but that does not excuse how shitty he acts toward women in general, but specifically women of color in what we've seen. Yeah, and I mean, you're right. Uh, Rest in 
rest in peace, or if you were a terrible person or whatever, rest in piss. I don't know the I don't know the person Clay. I know the character on the show Clay in the yep. time capsule two thousand and two, and he is disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna stop kicking the grave. <laughs> Ted, Ted's moment here. Uh, we are in the stage of denial and <laughs> bargaining because she's she tried to exploit my family and damaged my name, says Ted. Have you, you know how when usually a conservative, but not always, lawmaker is really anti-gay and they're really loud about it and they're really like, oh no, my family and all that. And then it turns out they've been fucking boys. Yeah. 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 That's what this feels like. That, that sort of righteous fury, it's so telling. It's very telling. Looking, it, looking at you, Mike Pence. <laughs> I mean, it's all, yeah, it's, we can go down the list of names. Um, or like the lieutenant governor, I think recently of, I think it was Tennessee, that was caught like publicly like yeah, commenting yeah. on like a, a man, a male sex worker's like Instagram constantly and being like, I love this content, <laughs> but he's like very anti. Anyway, it just felt, it feels that kind of righteous fury where you know you have to be so against it because if you slip even a little bit, there's even a little, if, if, if there's even a little kernel of doubt in you that you were wrong, you're done. Yeah. Ugh. Mm. <laughs> the juice, the juiciness. The juiciness, man. There's, there's a lot. There's a lot going on. And Helen has a great, Helen is so fascinating this episode. Yes. She is this very unique perspective of someone that has had to shut up and go along with a male-dominated industry being the Navy and learn to survive in that. And I don't like the decision that she comes to, but listening to the way that she... Like, she's like, yeah, no, I 100% believe Gandia. Yeah. Like, there's no doubt. Hold that, because I do want to talk about that at the mm -hmm. end. Of yeah. The, that's a big discussion I want to have. Cool. We have a another... Gandhi is, like, trying to get her point across. She's, like, ch saying out loud, love, love, love. People don't talk to you. They love you. They're trying to teach you a lesson. That's, I mean, you're trying to get a word in when nobody's letting you. Yeah. But Helen here, interesting, where she's, like, I worked for a rape crisis center. This is what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Do I believe Ted? No. This, uh, save that for later. We'll, we'll talk about that. And then while this is happening, notice Ted walking around naked in the background. You would think you would not, after that, you would want to, like, maybe lay low. Maybe uh, try to be as the least amount of bothering to anybody else that you could be. You'd think that, but that's coming from a place of, he has talked himself into thinking he's done nothing wrong. Uh -huh. So being as big and flamboyant as he previously was lends himself credibility in yeah. his mind, probably. And, like, that could be totally cherry-picked, and they sure. could be, like, trying to tell a story. Because it was. It was very far away. Yeah. With, like, somebody was in the foreground, he was in the background. But you're just like, mm, no, no. And then a crash test dummy shows up. <laughs> and a banana. A sentence I didn't expect to, to happen. <laughs> they are given a, what is essentially a crash test dummy, but yep. it's, like, huge. It's 100 to 200 pounds, is what they say. And they're told to dress him up, give him a name, and... They decide that, uh, Chewy Gon decides that theirs is a woman, so Ted immediately starts yes. uh, assaulting it. <laughs> no! We laugh so we don't cry. It's true. The, the reaction from, 
from Clay is really funny when he finds it. Because he doesn't know what to do with yeah. it. Yeah. He's like, oh, I can't move that. Yeah. So he, like, yells, but nobody comes. So then he has to go back to camp, read them the note, and then take, help me grab this. He's like, and no one believes him. They're like, there's a dummy? There's yeah. a crash test dummy? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then at Sukjai, they, they, they're doing the thing. They're, like, making it and doing their thing. But they're so at odds with Stephanie here. Stephanie shouldn't be on the show. Stephanie needs to be on, like, The Challenge or something, where it's just... Because she's a physical monster, yeah. and she's good at everything she does, yeah. but man, can she not work as a team. And I will say, uh, the whole point of this challenge was to carry dead weight, and thankfully, uh, Soup Jai's had some practice doing that. They just voted off their dead weight, but, uh, you know, he's there in spirit now. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Stephanie pretty much builds and designs this Crash Test Dummy by herself. And everyone's like, I, I can't tell if she doesn't want help or if nobody's willing to help. It feels like it's a little of both. I feel like it's mostly she doesn't want help. From okay. what we hear uh, from Sheehan is like, yeah, like she just took it all over and wouldn't let anyone help her. I mean, I think it like, it's probably one of those things where she didn't object to like, no, I want to do this alone. But when you try, she's constantly nitpicking and micromanaging and being passive aggressive. And you're like, fuck this. Why would I help you? You know what? I, you got it under control. You go ahead and take this. It looks good, but... Yeah, looks great. Not the point of the challenge. Not the point of the challenge! But it looks good. <laughs> and we get to the reward challenge. It's a literal race around an island carrying this crash test dummy. You couldn't have made, like, two more obstacles? Yeah. yeah. Or, like, any obstacles? Like, some sort of man-made structure to make this a little more difficult. Something like, hey, you gotta throw this over a wall. Yeah. I don't know. Anything to make this more interesting. It's an interesting concept. It's the first time they've messed with this concept. Yeah. And I hope we see it again in an evolved state. But it doesn't... It's not close. <laughs> like, it's really never close. <laughs> so it feels wasted. Yeah. There, there's really no catch-up mechanic. The no. one catch-up mechanic is the climb up through... It's mostly beach. Yeah. And then you climb up a rope in, like, a really thick wooded area and that's the only time anything could go wrong yeah. um, unless somebody like drops physically but that's really the only time and like they try to sell like the rocks as an obstacle but like they're it not wasn't. really no. and this might be the worst attempt at the show to make it look like it's close when it's yeah. not is when they're just like running down the beach and there's this massive gap between them and they're trying to they're like the climactic music is swelling and they're focusing on Jake and like is he gonna fall is he gonna fall uh -oh, and it's like uh oh, uh -oh. What the fuck is this? Nah, Sukjai gets out to an early lead. Like, there's a little bit of catch-up when they hit the wooded part, but then they never look back. It's not even close. Not even close. We do see some funny hits The, the when the dummy slides face-first down the That's hill. Funny. That's pretty funny. When uh, Helen gets thrown on her back in garbage time yeah, onto rocks. on the rocks. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, that could have been horrible. That could have been like a fractured skull yeah yeah that's true yeah and then like jake and stephanie take hits on the way down the the hill sure that's about it yeah two chai wins and wins easily tweak that challenge buddies take some time it's okay so it, it, I, what it needs i think is a bit where you have to get the you have to get the dummy through something that the dummy, the dummy can barely fit through yeah. so you have to work coordinated as a team mm -hmm. rather than just who's stronger it it needs obstacles yeah rather than just this is a this is a race 
They're back at camp at Chewigon. The men are blowing off steam. <laughs> and the women Jesus do the Christ. work. Jesus fucking Christ. This is the most misogynistic se like series of events I have seen in a very long time. Mm -hmm. I legitimately cannot think of anything worse that I have seen that like outside of like <laughs> assault but like just as terms like misogynistic opinions yeah. Brian what the fuck is this confessional <laughs> I yeah it, it's so bad it feels like it should be a dumb joke that isn't a good joke but he is totally straight on this yeah we, we jump like a little bit ahead but I'll, I'll talk about it here Brian in his confessional, I had to write it down because it's it's a lot. It's a natural transition in life. Ladies in the kitchen, men do the work like fishing. <laughs> that goes back thousands of years. Back in, <laughs> in the good old days, they naturally went to their duties, which is cooking and cleaning. I got some laundry, too. Ladies, do you want to take care of that? Holy shit, Brian. Naturally went to their duties. That you piece of shit and i think it's really telling that he says the good old days yeah because that's you just want women in their place this is very much what we see brian is an incel in 2002 yeah like he's less angry about it because he has all the power in society as opposed to changing dynamics now in 2023 mm -hmm. but yeah and in these types of it's always funny because the types of people that are like this are never people that are... They're never the types of people that... Like, nobody should treat people like that. But they're not the top dog that they think they are. Correct. Like, you're a fucking used car salesman with a receiving hairline <laughs> and the personality of a cardboard box. Like, you are not this, like, superstar that everyone wants to be around. You're not Colby. Like, Col like can you imagine Colby saying this? Like, Colby, America's sweetheart from Survivor in these seasons. Like... That's not who he is. Yeah. I can I can weirdly see him saying it just from where he's from, but it would be very, like, shocking that Colby said that. Yeah. And, but, like, Colby is a much, like, more desirable and, like, charismatic person than fucking Brian or Clay or Ted. Yeah. So it's, it's always fascinating that these are the types of people that are, like, it, like, they just need to feel powerful in some way. So it's like, oh, yeah, well, they'll take care of the all that stuff because I'm a man and I deserve to be pampered and blah blah blah. Fuck you. It's it's gross. It's as misogynist as I think I've seen in a long time on Survivor. And uh, he's being enabled by Clay and Ted in this scenario. Yeah. So it's... Or is he the enabler? I don't know. All in all, they're all gross. It's an Ouroboros of bullshit. <laughs> it's just eating itself. <laughs> yeah. While this is happening... Gandhi is like, I didn't come here to acquire three more husbands. I didn't I, I didn't come here to clean up and cook for them. Like, no, no, no. Hey, Gandhi, you also shouldn't have to do all of that for your husband. Like, maybe make him do a little bit more. But Yes, please. Um, <laughs> that is funny. That's, that's funny. Helen's like, hey, sometimes you have to... Uh, you have to swallow the anger to stay alive. Helen is so fascinating. Helen is a very fascinating person in this episode. Again, I'm going to leave this for a little bit, and yeah. we'll come back to it at the end. While this is happening, Sukjai has so many bananas. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot to say at the end of the reward challenge, or maybe it is this part, Rob sounds like he wants to fuck those bananas. <laughs> he does. Rob's like, oh, I like, they're so mushy oh, and so warm. I love bananas. 
<laughs> they eat so many bananas all at once. Like, they're eating multiple bananas. They're going to poop so bad. After having, Worth it. like, no food. Worth it. To having banana, which is just fiber. Imagine how much your your shit must stink eating squid and banana only. <laughs> not not a fan. I don't I don't think I want that. And then they also oh sorry I forgot to mention that they were awarded bananas, but they were also awarded a mystery food prize. It's chickens. It's always chickens. It's chickens. They get they get chickens. <laughs> Rob is threatening these chickens like straight up up against the cage. Like because Rob's a psychopath. Rob is a psychopath. Rob makes Greg look like a well-adjusted individual. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's like up against the case. Like, you, you better be laying eggs. I swear to God, if you're not laying these <laughs> eggs, I'm going to fucking snap your neck. You're like, oh my God. It was funny in season three when Clarence did it because it was a little bit of like a, all right, you got a timer, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat you. What? Rob is like, I will put the fear of God into you. You don't know who you're fucking with. Clarence was hungry yeah. and, like, sees it as a food item. Rob just Rob, wants to kill something. Rob sees it as a living being and wants to murder it. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Oh. Rob just wants to watch the life leave the chicken's <laughs> A lot going on there. We get to an immunity challenge, and you can tell they're like, okay, we have to balance this somehow. Like, you've done a physical challenge. They're clearly not catching up in any physical challenges. Here's another puzzle. It's tangrams. I love this. I think that this is a good puzzle. I don't like how they went about it. Agreed. But I think this is a good way to do it. This felt like a pivot. Like, I don't think this is the challenge that they were originally going to do. Partially. And I could be wrong. But it, I think you're right. It feels like Jeff is overcompensating. Where he's constantly talking about like, Ah, you got the fire. Now you're going to do the temple. And like, the temple's where tribal is. And I was like... You're doing a little too much, Jeff. Like, this doesn't feel... I feel like production's starting to get a little worried about this season. Yeah. Part of me is wondering if we didn't see one of the puzzles. Because they worked in pairs of two. I was wondering the same thing. There were six people on Chewygon. But why would they cut one of the puzzles? I don't know. Unless they both solved it like it was super easy and they both solved it right away. Yeah, maybe. But maybe it's just two people that can like help. I don't know. I, it was weird that they did it that way. Why not have three and three? Exactly. There, there's no point in not showing us that, or just like show them. Oh, there it is. Boom. Done. Switch out. Yeah, I don't like when they cut parts of challenges. It doesn't. But I don't again, know if that's what they did. I have but... no information to back that they cut that. But now that you say that, like that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, it, oh, also one more thing about Chewygon. What they say at Tribal about, like, them all pulling together for challenges is true. Mm -hmm. Like, they... The divisions that they have do not show up in challenges. It's true. They they pull together, and they're giving each other advice. They're, yeah. like, helping. There, there's a lot of help in this challenge, which yeah. I'm like, uh, maybe they shouldn't be able to look at the puzzle while it's being worked on. <laughs> sure. I, in modern season, I feel like that, that that would happen now. Yeah. If it's just a puzzle. Yeah. But I don't know. It, they do seem much better at teamwork than the other team does. Unfortunate. Un unfortunate that all of the sex crimes get, get in the way of that. How, okay, one more thing. Yeah. How can you look at this season after Marquesas and go, God, I hated Marquesas. <laughs> like, as production. Like, how can you be like, ah, oh, Marquesas, that was such a nightmare. What? It does seem like a, oh, maybe we were on something with Marquesas, and I think this... 
is going to seriously affect how they do casting and how they do gameplay in the future. This season? Yes. Good. Good! Good. <laughs> As it should. Anyway, Sukjai wins. It's close-ish, but yeah. Sukjai just seemed better at figuring out, like, okay, you can have these shapes in weird ways. Yeah. Sukjai just wanted to be like, oh, no, no, no. This part that sticks out, it looks like this piece, so it has to go there. Like, no, 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 that's not how tangrams work. Yeah. If, if you don't know what tangrams is, it's a bunch of individual shapes that, put when put together, show up a an image. And, yeah. And those same pieces get rearranged or show a bunch of different images. Yeah. yeah. Like, you just, you can keep shuffling them around to make different pictures. Anyway. And was... It seemed like Rob was good at this. Yeah. Rob it confuses me. He seems like he has straight up schizophrenia. Where or like the really like Hollywood version of schizophrenia where it's two personalities. Mm-hmm. Because he'll just jump from being like, Okay, gotta keep my gotta keep my aggro down. I'm gonna kill this fucking chicken. <laughs> I'm a meathead that can't figure out how to do this puzzle. Oh wait, what if we move this here? Yeah, 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 yeah. Bewildering. Mm-hmm. I think Tangrams is deceptive. I think people always want to throw tangrams to the person who is, like, a good puzzle solver. Mm-hmm. The person who, like, is smartest. But if you do, if you are strictly a logic brain person, it may not work well for you. Mm-hmm. I think someone who has a little bit more in the kinesiology, like, able to touch and move things around, mm-hmm. might actually stand a better chance in, the, in that kind of a puzzle. No, not always. It's a it's a take. Anyway, we're back at camp. Clay's super old school. He's awful. He's the team splitter, says Gandia. He's the one driving the the divide between the two Texas. Not Ted. Not Ted. Which is interesting. It is interesting. But I think that it goes back and kind of shows that he's the enabler. Like, Ted and Brian are... Or sorry... Clay and Brian are the enabling of Ted. Yeah, and I think that also could be a result of her having to talk herself into voting for Clay over Ted. Sure. Because that's what Jan is going to do. Mm-hmm. But, it, I mean, and Clay is awful. <laughs> Clay is misogynist and much more outwardly misogynist than Brian is. Yeah. Brian says horrible shit to us on camera, but I don't think he says that to them. Yeah. I think he would be too afraid to. And then Helen's kind of going back and forth. She's skeptical about voting off Clay. She's contemplating being the swing. She, I think she would have voted for Ted. Because she seems very surprised when, when Gandia is like, we're going for Clay. Yeah. Not Ted. I think she would have sure? voted Ted's, out, Ted's ass out in a second. Yeah. So, I don't know. You take the time to really convince Jan. I, this could be a completely different episode. Yeah. So, tribal happens. Jeff, Jeff's like, hey... Look at them torches. There's three torches over there. Don't be that. Like, okay. Thanks, Jeff. Clay's hungry. He's tired, but I'm, I'm still fine. People are concerned about his health in this game. Like, that he's wearing down, but... Yeah, so here's the thing. I understand why Helen made the choice she did, and uh-huh. we'll, we'll get more into it in a second. But I don't think getting rid of Gandhi made your team physically stronger no. than getting rid of Clay. No. I think Gandhi is much more physically fit than Clay. <laughs> Helen has a beautiful comedic monologue of, of I, I'm always worried while I'm playing this game. I wake up, I'm worried we don't have food, we don't have water. I'm worried that I'm being, like, 
pushy. I'm worried I'm going to go home. I'm worried about challenges. Like, she just rambles and rambles and rambles to the point that everyone's like, I liked it. Let your hair down. I liked it too. And then we get into the, who's, is everyone pulling their weight? And Gandhi, no. No. Absolutely not. Clay's like, yeah, but, um, what Gandhi said, nah. I, I think everyone's pulling their weight. I fish sometimes. Yeah. We, 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 which I think the perfect response to that would be, how many fish have you caught? Because they, they haven't caught, like, anything with those stupid nets. Yeah, they are getting muscles and stuff, so he'd probably just pivot to that. Sure. But, like, you're not, we've seen so much footage of you, of the three guys literally just, like, laying around camp or sitting in the water. And it's weird, because yeah. in previous seasons, that's always a thing. It's always like, a, oh, who's not pulling their weight? And this season, it doesn't seem as important. It can't. It comes up. It, but does, it doesn't seem as important on this side. It doesn't seem as important on, yeah, on this side. And it seems they have bigger things to worry about. Yes. And they, yes, as they, as they should. <laughs> but the show didn't plant that seed early. Correct. Like it normally does. Of yep. Like, oh, the guys are being lazy. Maybe they weren't being lazy in the beginning. But it's interesting. I don't know. And then we vote. And there's a lot going on here. Yeah. Ted says, this vote is personal. Fuck you, Ted. I hope I never see you again when he holds up Gandhi's name. Yeah, because you're reminded of your guilt and your attempted infidelity and your assault every single time you yeah. see her. Clay is like, hey, you played cat and mouse, but you didn't do it good enough. Hate, Fuck the, off, hate that. And then we read the votes. And for the first time ever, Jeff has to be like, who is this? Who the fuck is this? Clay put Denver Diva and like a, lot, a bunch of small words that I couldn't really read. And his handwriting is awful. Yeah. So Jeff's like, for the first time, I don't know who this is. And he's like, write a name down next time. Yes, enough with the nicknames. No nicknames. Huh. With a four to two vote, Gandhi gets the boot. Helen, after her back and forth, does vote out Gandhia. So let's talk let's, about Helen. Yes. Helen is, this is the most complex situation I think we've seen for a vote so far. Agreed. I think Helen did a really good job of weighing her options. Agreed. And saying, all right, I absolutely despise these, these men and what they've done to Gandia. But does that put me in a bad spot if I don't go with them, if I vote out one of the men? And part of what's so fascinating about this is that it is Helen who mm-hmm. has this background. Mm-hmm. She was she worked in the Rape Crisis Center. Mm-hmm. She has been in the Navy. Like, she has seen and survived a lot of bullshit. She clearly is like, yeah, I'm on Gandhi's side in this whole situation. And I'm, I'm disappointed in how it turned out, mm-hmm. but I get it. I get it too. She... Sometimes she has the nihilism that somebody that somebody can have and earn from surviving so and seeing so much terrible shit. Yeah. And she made a call of what was what was best for her. And you know she's she wants to compete. She wants to win the game. Mm-hmm. We have to remember that it is still a game. I'm I'm of the opinion that that is more important than the game, and that you should stay by your values. And even if it takes your spot in the game, like stand by the survivor. Yeah. But I also can see she showed her work. I can see how Helen got there and I, well, I'm disappointed. Like 
I still respect the hell out of her. Mm-hmm. And I, props to you for being like, I would take the moral ground. I don't know that I would. Mm. I would feel very, like, conflicted in that, like, because she and her tribe were in the losing position yeah. and are clearly weaker and are struggling to win anything, mm-hmm. I might go with that. I, I might do the same thing. Had they been in a position of power, I think one of the two guys was gone no matter what. I agree. I think she would have definitely been like, no, I'm, I'm gone. Um, or would have gone to rocks and then who knows what would have happened. Yeah, that's true. Then somebody would have gone. Yeah. <laughs> I think that her responsibility to herself chimed in. Yeah. And not on her fault. I think the game should have been... This should have been on Survivor to step in and 1,000%. Fix. Ted should have been gone the moment he tried to... The, the moment that he assaulted her. Correct. That's not going to happen for a while where yeah. the game steps in and is like, I'm going to actually reprimand you for doing something shitty. Yeah. So... It sucks. It sucks that she's put in this position. But again, I appreciate that she... We have so much of her in this episode. Yeah. And we see her thought process and we see her weighing this out. And, and you know, it's easier for me to say from behind a microphone 20 years later that mm-hmm. this is what I would have done. Yep. That's part of the reason why like, I, I still respect the hell out of Helen and I understand how she got there. I, I also don't know that getting rid of Gandia was a stronger gameplay for her. I can understand why it would feel that way, mm-hmm. especially in the moment. But I think Clay is weaker than Gandia. I don't think that he's better at the challenges. But I think that they're both kind of bad at the challenges. I agree. And now you and Jan have put yourselves on the bottom. Yeah. I mean, you put Jan more on the bottom than you because you can be like, hey, I sided with you guys. Mm-hmm. But you've put you and Jan on the bottom, whereas if you voted against Clay, yeah, it's 50-50. Because yeah. it's going to go to rocks. But you have a chance of having the power until the merge. Yeah. So we'll see how that plays out, but it was very interesting to watch Helen weigh her obligation to herself versus her obligation to Gandia and in the element of it being what is best for her and her game. Because she wants to win a million dollars. Yeah. Unfortunately, this isn't the... This isn't the real-life game. This is secluded to these 39 days. Yeah. Like, you're trying to win a million dollars. Had this just been a different... This just been a business, a workplace, I think Helen would be in there and throwing all sorts of hands. Yeah, probably. Or at least... Helen, I don't know. Helen doesn't seem to be, like, the kind of person that goes after abusers. She seems like the kind of person that protects survivors. Sure. And... To be honest, there might be a part of this in Helen's mind, though she would probably never say it to us. And I'm putting words in her mouth, so take it with a giant grain of salt. But getting Gandia out of there might have been the best thing for Gandia. Like, if she can't get rid of Ted, then maybe getting Gandia out of the situation is the best thing for her. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Chitty. Anyway. Yeah, so Helen's my protagonist of the episode. As it should be. (laughs) Um, I think that's a good pick. Yeah. Gone, as far as how Gandhi would do it in future seasons, I'm assuming she doesn't come back. She does not. Yeah. It's hard to say because so much of her game is, is based on this one incident. I will say she wasn't particularly good at the challenges. She had a panic attack during the very first challenge. Yep. And even in events outside of the assault, like before that, she does have a hard time holding her tongue when things bother her, which is not a good trait on Survivor. Mm. 
So I I don't think that she's she does that well in a future season. Like I think that she's probably somebody that's a pre-merge vote most most seasons. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, unfortunate. I I, I do think she would get a little further in a situation where like there isn't this big issue. Sure, of course, or her tribe was winning more or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I also felt bad for her like end of. Uh, end of episode like confessional where she's saying like oh yeah I just couldn't get I just couldn't get over it and move past it I'm like you shouldn't have to. you shouldn't have to it's not you did nothing wrong yeah so Gandhi doesn't come back but uh, according to EW builds a, a strong acting career in the Denver theater scene okay so Hell like yeah. goes on to be an actor hmm. uh, her biggest regret she wishes she didn't align herself with Ted and yeah yeah. yeah. It forged, wishes she forged an all-female alliance earlier. Sure. Like, because she had the thought to do that and then just never kind of went through with it. It didn't go that way, but it would have. It would have shaken things up had it been four, four female, three male in previous votes. And then, like, I don't know, if you keep attacking, it might have gone poorly for them. Yeah. Challenge-wise, but... Eh. Can't go much worse than it is now. Yeah. Doesn't talk to anyone from that season anymore. That's not surprising. No. It's kind of... She dropped out of the public sphere for a while. I, yeah. And, that like... makes sense. She says, like, up until 2020, I've, I was really out of the public sphere, which makes sense. But you're an actor, so you're not really out of the public sphere. Sure, but the crossover between being a theater actor in Denver and being... Or the, the difference between being a theater actor in Denver and being... A national TV. star, yeah. or like in the reality scene circuit, yeah, yeah. Doesn't watch any seasons after hers. Was too shell shocked. Yeah, yeah, of course she was. And, but she has an interesting point. She's like, I would love to make the game more diverse. Would love to have like every person be a different race or gender, or have some trans people in there. They're um, work. Survivor's working on it. Survivor's working on it. And Survivor is better about that. Yeah, like it's it's not always an exact science it's an art and much better than what we see at this time and if you if you hadn't watched anything now after that season you'd be like oh i hope they fixed it yeah true yeah i think you would be delightfully surprised that it it is better and if you watched just after 40 and then come back ding 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 me (laughs) you were very shell-shocked the other way around yeah (laughs) cool let's end this episode the bumper. The bumper. That'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. They're not all going to be bummers, I swear. I hope. <laughs> but, uh... We can only react to the content they give us. And yeah. the content they've given us the last two episodes fucking sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and it's been a bummer. Uh, I don't know. I got nothing else to say. It's It hurts. It's It's hard to watch, but... We are not the Survivor glossing over history podcast. No, and I, like I think that these are important conversations we had. You and I aren't maybe the best messengers of that, sure. but we're the ones that this podcast has. We took up the mantle. <laughs> we are doing it, and we will continue to do it. And yeah, we're 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 digging into the the good, bad, and the ugly, and we found <laughs> the ugly. We found that ugly and a little bit of the bad. Anything you'd like to promote? This isn't bad. <laughs> I hope it gets better. Episode two, I was like, oh, this this is so, like, this season's so comfortable. Like, it's so, like, cozy. Mm-hmm. Never mind. So, the best thing in the world dropped. It's not out yet. 
Okay. That the trailer dropped. <gasps> the Scott Pilgrim movie? Scott Pilgrim right. anime! Anime, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's astonishing to me that they got every single voice actor. The people from the movie are coming back to yes. play almost everyone in the yes. anime. I'm so excited. And for the, and like, I love Scott Pilgrim. I and the, too. the movie is great, but the movie is, has one problem, which is Scott, the character is supposed to be, you're not supposed to like Scott. You're mm-hmm. supposed to think he's kind of a dick, mm-hmm. but Michael Sarah's too likable. He, <laughs> he's so likable. So it's, it's hard to be like, ah, he's uh, the bad guy. Um, it's, it's hard to chunk down six books worth of content into a single movie. That too. But it's, I think it's overall a pretty good movie. I do too. And I'm so excited for what they can do with the anime. I agree. I think it's going to be great. Uh, as far as things that I'm going to promote, yeah, I, I don't have a whole lot. Come see the creators at Three Brothers Theater and come see Airness at... The Citadel Theater in Chicago. Aaronis sounds all right. Uh, <laughs> creators sounds like that director sucks. Yeah. Who dat? Who dat? None of his actors want to solely commit to his project. <laughs> I got permission. Sure. Okay. For my co-host Jared, this is Steven. For my host Steven, this is Jared. I hope I have survived this. Goodbye. We'll see. <laughs>